What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Martian MMA podcast. It's going to be a solo episode this week. Ozzy's out of the country and not able to record, so I'm going to be breaking down this Rosenstrike versus Gazjev card for you this week. We got 11 fights going down from the UFC Apex this Saturday. Early start time, 1.30 p.m. Eastern. And I am quite sick. I uh, do have a case of the COVID and, uh, you know, my throat is in pretty bad condition. So this might be one of the quickest Martian MMA podcasts of all time. Also, you couple in the fact that we have just a weak card. I mean, this card is dog shit, to put it lightly. A lot of unknown fighters, a lot of questionable fights. And from a betting perspective, just looking across the board, not many competitively lined fights. I mean, I don't understand where all these big favorites are coming from, but, uh, you know, I just don't think a lot of these lines are too interesting to me. You know, a lot of, you know, big minus 800, 900, 1000 favorites. I mean, we don't get those too often. And on this card, we happen to have three of those favorites that are almost, you know, 90%. So I don't really see too many betting angles on a lot of these. And I'm going to try to keep it brief because... There's just not a whole lot to like this week. So, um, and in terms of last week, you know, last week the Mexico card was pretty fun. Um, I think our podcast reads were pretty good overall. You know, the the Ortega fight, Ortega sub was a, a big one for us. And uh, overall, just a fun card, a lot of good live betting spots, as always. You know, I'm just mostly interested in live betting these days. I just feel like some some of these books have such good widely available live lines that there's not even a whole lot of reason to bet a lot of these fights beforehand because you could just jump in live and get that same line get a better line and when you're watching the fight play out live I feel it's just so much easier to see how it's going and to be confident in your picks so I need to personally you know work on just increasing the stake of my live bets uh, because Sometimes they're just super easy spots. I mean, especially if you have access to DraftKings in America, their live lines are just fantastic. They overreact really quickly. And, you know, back in the day, you used to see the live lines get pulled. It still happens on FanDuel and BetOnline. The live lines get pulled. When someone gets a takedown or a knockdown or something, the line goes away for 30 seconds and then it comes back. But on DraftKings, for some reason, they almost never pull the lines and it's almost always available. So if you have, you know, a good stream, if you uh, are able to, you know, get ahead of the streams like that, you can really make a lot of money on these live bets. So, you know, keep an eye out for that if you are interested in live bets. And yeah, let's get into these fights. We got 11 fights. Uh, like I said, I'm going to get through these pretty quickly. I would be surprised if this lasted more than 30 minutes. <clears throat> and once again, just uh, got to apologize for, uh, you know, my throat and not, you know, not really sounding too hot. Um, so, Let's get into these. We got a heavyweight main event, Jairzino Rosenstrikes, sixth main event in the UFC. Insane statistic, taking on the undefeated Shamil Gajiev. Um, the line for this one, Gajiev minus 150, Rosenstrike coming back plus 130. So Gajiev opened his last fight as the first fight on the card versus Martin Budai. His second fight is headlining versus Jairzino Rosenstrike. I mean, I don't know what that goes to show. Um, the, the barrier for these main events is low and the UFC loves, you know, bigger guys in these main events, 185, 205 heavyweight. These guys do not deserve to be in a main event. And this is a terrible, terrible main event. Um, <clears throat> really would have think honestly, like Alex Perez versus Mokayev would have been a better main event than this. So, uh, I honestly think Gajiev will win. You know, it sounds a little bit foolish considering I was pretty confident and I bet Martin Budai against him just a few months back. He got absolutely destroyed in that fight. But I thought Gajiev, you know, looked solid there. I mean, he threw out an insane amount of volume. 
We didn't really get to see his offensive grappling. We didn't really get to see his cardio tested. But, I mean, he just went after Budai there, was throwing an onslaught of straight punches. Really good clinch work as well. He would push Budai to the cage, you know, get that collar tie, land those knees and elbows. And I think that, you know, really... um, zapped a lot of the the energy from Budai there and I just think that's going to happen here I mean Rosenstrike his footwork has always stunk um, and in the small cage it's going to be even worse for him I think Gajiev is just going to you know plow forward not give Rosenstrike the front foot because when you give Rosenstrike the front foot he's comfortable but when you put push him back he's actually he collapses pretty soon you know we saw that in the the Nganu fight you know Nganu just ran forward, windmilled some punches, put him out. I think Gajiev will do something similar, but a little more, you know, coordinated. Going to push Rosenstrike to the fence, get the clinch, you know, wear on him, uh, you know, use his weight on him against the cage, land those knees and elbows in the clinch, and eventually find a finish here. Um, you know, I didn't take Gajiev money line. The early prices on him were good. Uh, but looking at the odds for this one now, I kind of lean... The fight to end in round two or round three, just either guy winning in the second or third round, plus 310 for round two, plus 800 for round three, because I just think they're going to be tough enough to survive. I don't think they're going to, I don't think either guy is just going to knock each other out instantly in this one, but I think after a round, it's going to be either Gaziev gassing out and getting knocked out, or it's going to be Rosenstrike gassing from the pressure and the strikes of Gaziev and folding. So I'm looking to just bet either guy to win in the second or third round here, but not a high confidence play. It's a gross fight, as I mentioned, and that's going to move us along to the co-main event. Vitor Petrino taking on Tyson Pedro. The odds for this one have Petrino as the big favorite, minus 300, Pedro plus 250. So I think Petrino won't have too much trouble here. I mean, Pedro is just, he really can't fight for more than a round. I don't think he's ever won a fight that has gone out of round one. Yep, um, that is true. Uh, every time the fight has left the first round, he's lost. So the guy is a, a, a one-round fighter. His physicality and his mentality just kind of collapses after that first round, and he can't sustain himself past the first round. So I honestly think, you know, uh, 75% for Petrino here is pretty fair. Might even be a little bit wider because Petrino's the real deal, man. This guy's an incredible athlete, good striker, good grappler, and seriously, I think one of the best athletes in all of MMA right now. And he's knocked out opponents in the UFC. He's submitted them. He's won by decision. He's done a little bit of everything. And I think that if any area is troubling for uh, Petrino here, it might be the grappling. I, th- I could see Pedro land in a takedown in the first round here, but I think Petrino will be safe to defend, you know, whatever submission Pedro is going to throw at him. And eventually Petrino will, will survive it and, you know, finish him in these later rounds here. So maybe look at Petrino to win in the second or third round and I'll also be looking for that uh, Petrino live bet because if any success Pedro has is going to be in the first round, we should be getting a better live price. And, uh, you know, that's my angle on this fight. Third fight on the card is in the flyweight division. We have another undefeated fighter in Muhammad Mokayev taking on Alexander or er, Alex Perez, excuse me. And this one is lined at Mokayev minus 350, Perez plus 285. So Perez at one point was a really solid fighter, you know, made his way to the championship fight against Figueredo, but back-to-back big fights of his, he just got, you know, choked out in the first round. Pantoja, Figueredo, this guy's had an insane amount of canceled fights, just an insane amount. He pulled out, his opponents pulled out, he missed weight. This guy's been an absolute disaster, just pulling out of fights left and right. And, you know, that kind of makes it a little hard to trust him. 
Also, he did a grappling match against a, a former Penn State wrestler named Roman Bravo Young. And I watched that match at the time, and Perez did not try at all. I mean, a lot of grappling fights end up being like stalling matches where they're pushing each other. And if you watch that fight, it's just clear that Perez is making no effort. He doesn't want to win. He doesn't want to pass. He doesn't want to land takedowns. He he clearly just signed up for that match to get paid and to you know not get submitted. And he put no effort forth. So you got to question where this guy's uh, you know head is at with pulling out all these fights, missing weight left and right. Hasn't won a fight since uh, Juicier Formiga back in um, June of 2020. So three and a half years since he's won a fight and. Every single guy he's beaten in the UFC is no longer in the UFC. Uh, every single one of his wins, the guys, you know, just weren't that good. Juicier for Omega is a great fighter and is still winning fights to this day, but that's really the only good win he has. So I think people kind of overrate um, Alex Perez a lot. Now, Mokayev is also overrated. I don't think this guy is that great. I mean, he's just a one-dimensional fighter, a grappler. He gets in a lot of stalling positions. Uh, he, he has really boring fights, honestly. And... I do think he will win here because of one thing. Alex Perez gives up his back. You know, guys who wrestle, this is a problem for them when they transition to MMA or into jiu-jitsu. They're just not familiar with getting their back taken. It's not really a position where they have to be aware of as much in wrestling. So they're a little lackadaisical in their defense. And they and when they get taken down, they give up their back. And I think that Mokaev is just going to ride him from the back here, um, you know, take his back put the hooks in or maybe just ride him like he did against uh, Charles Johnson, dragging him back down over and over. Uh, you know, Tim Elliott had a really close fight with Mokaya before getting submitted there. But I think Tim Elliott's honestly a better MMA grappler than Alex Perez is. And, um, you know, I'm looking at this fight to go the distance. You know, I've gotten burnt on this before, most recently versus Tim Elliott. It's plus money here, plus 120 for this fight to go the distance. I, I honestly think it will be a Mokayev decision, plus 185. And the, if you look at the lines, they have submission more likely than uh, decision for Mokayev, which I think is wrong. I think that should be flipped. I think decision is a little more likely. So maybe look to play this one, go in the distance, starting round three, Mokayev round three or, or decision. Let me see what that line is at on FanDuel. Oh, plus 120 for Mokayev round three or decision. That's my bet for the fight. I like that. I'm going I'm to I'm click that right now. Because I just think that um, Perez will do enough to survive early on here, and I'm, I'm just kind of underwhelmed with Mokayev's submission ability, and he'll do enough to survive to make it to the third round or decision before eventually getting submitted or just losing the decision here. But I'm not expecting too much from Perez here. I think he's kind of phoning it in at this point. So hopefully he, he tries in this fight. Hopefully he makes weight and the fight actually takes place because we've broken down several Perez fights before that they have not taken place. So uh, it will be a Mokayev round three or decision bet for me in this one. Next fight is another undefeated fighter, Umar Nurmagomedov, taking on uh, Beksat Almakan. And uh, Beksat making his UFC debut here, minus 1,000 for Umar, plus 700 for uh, Beksat. Um, really cool name, Beksat, by the way. And this guy's a solid fighter. You know, I watched his fights and, you know, he, he's solid everywhere. You know, he has gotten dropped by a few guys. That was what I would say what is his biggest concern. 
but he's recovered well, and I think this guy's a really solid defensive grappler, a good offensive grappler, and he's just fighting and beating good competition over there in Europe. So I think this is a solid fight, even though this guy's making his UFC debut. I think he's going to be a good test for Umar, and Umar is obviously very, very legit, but um, it's just a shame that he hasn't really fought that step up in competition yet. He, you know, he did beat Hayuni Barcelos with that crazy knockout. Even though that was an impressive knockout, I just don't think we got to see a ton from Umar there. I would have liked to see a more like played out fight and to see him tested a little bit. And I think Bexat will test him. He will be difficult to take down, but I just see it being hard for, for Bexat to get his own offense going. I think he's going to do well defending and surviving here, but in terms of actually landing his own offense and, um, you know, building something, I, I do see that being troublesome. So, I think he'll defend early and then eventually start, you know, losing more cl uh, clearly in the later rounds. Um, kind of similar to how Moroz the Morozov fight went. I actually think that this guy's a better defensive grappler than Morozov, though, honestly. So um, a bet for this fight I'm looking at is, you know, maybe Umar to submit him in the later rounds. Um, you know, obviously Umar is a more submission-oriented fighter despite him coming off that, that uh, Hayoni knockout. But I think the the late submission here uh, might be a good play. We we've seen him land land late submissions a few times, uh, most notably with the Morozov fight. I was just talking about another Kazakhstani fight here, kind of a similar story. You know, Morozov uh, I think was making his debut, a solid fighter, uh, but just not quite on the level of Umar. But I honestly think this Bexat guy might be better than Morozov. So I have I definitely think Bexat will win UFC fights. I think this is a pretty legit fight considering it's on short notice and Umar is struggling to find opponents. And I would be looking to play, you know, Umar's late submission props here. Round two, round three sub uh, plus 400 on FanDuel. So that'll do it for that fight. In the next fight, we have another flyweight fight. We have Matt Schnell versus Steve Urkeg. Odds for this one have Urkeg as the big favorite, minus 435. Schnell coming back, plus 335. So I think a lot of people have the same consensus here that this will be a, a you know a competitive fight for as long as it lasts until Matt Schnell gets hurt because Matt Schnell's defense, his chin, both terrible. He does this like weird you know thing with his head where he's trying to act like his defense is a lot better than it is, but he ends up just getting you know hit a lot and rocked a lot, and he's been knocked out a ton in the UFC, even the fights where he's won some of them. He's been dropped and hurt really badly, uh, you know. Most notably the Sumu Darji fight, you know, I was at that fight live, an absolutely insane fight, probably the craziest fight I've ever been to live, and, uh, you know, Schnell's a fun fighter, man, it's just this guy doesn't have the hardware to fight at 125, and Urkeg is a solid fighter, only a few fights into his UFC run, but I've been impressed so far, he's tall for the weight class, he's solid everywhere, um, he has, you know, good striking, solid boxing, good offensive and defensive wrestling, so I see it being tough for Schnell to build anything here when you just know that at any moment Urkay can land a, a punch that will you know hurt Schnell and possibly even put him out so I would be looking at Schnell live here because if you bet Schnell before the fight plus 330 something sure that's probably value but I would like to see the fight play out for a little bit see what Schnell's approach is and if Schnell gets hurt and knocked out in the first few minutes here you get to avoid that so you know I would say wait for live uh, see how it's going. Oh, Matt Schnell's doing pretty good. He's got the right approach. Okay, I'm going to lie bet him. The odds are not going to change that much. I really don't think so. Um, so 
Would it knock a play on Urkeg KO plus 200? Because this guy does seem predominantly to be a boxing offense-oriented fighter, and Schnell's defense is some of the worst of all time. So uh, if you're interested in stabbing on that, I wouldn't wouldn't knock it. Uh, but I'll be looking for uh, Schnell live here. And that's going to move us on to the prelims. Eric Anders taking on Jamie Pickett in the premier division of the UFC. Another huge favorite here. Eric Anders minus 500. Jamie Pickett plus 375. I actually bet Eric Anders a long time ago, maybe a month, month and a half ago. The odds at the time were minus 218, and you know that really stuck out to me at the time because I think Anders is actually a solid fighter, underrated fighter, and Pickett is just a total scrub, man. I mean, this guy's he's lost four fights in a row in the UFC. I don't even know why they're giving him a fourth fight or a fifth fight, excuse me. And yeah, overall two and six in the UFC. And the guys he's beaten, Holmes and Staropoli, not even in the UFC anymore. Uh, this guy just is, uh, you know, a mental midget, not even a good fighter, uh, doesn't really deal with adversity very well. And I think Eric Anders is just going to beat the shit out of him, honestly. It's just a matter of is it going to be a knockout for Anders or a decision. I see a lot of people playing the overs in the decision here, but I wouldn't, I would not advise that, man. I think with the, with the way Pickett's been looking lately, uh, he clearly seems to be phoning it in. He's not really attempting to win these fights, um, very handedly and I would not be surprised if Eric Anders just landed some punches Jamie shelled up and you know didn't want anymore Jamie has been pretty durable to strikes throughout his career but you know I think Eric Anders is an underrated puncher and I think Eric I just don't see what Pickett's gonna do Pickett's gonna be trying to swing at Anders of his own right you know he's gonna be throwing big punches to try to win via KO that's the only way that Pickett can win he can't submit or win a decision here so we might actually see Anders wrestle, mixing some takedowns. That would be the best bet for the over because Anders doesn't really have a, a finish-oriented top game nor a submission game. So if if you think Anders is going to wrestle here and land takedowns, I would maybe consider the over, but I don't think so. Uh, and I just think Anders is going to decisively win. So I have my minus 218. That's good enough for me. Well, let's see what our boy Pickett KO is because, like I said, I think that's the only way he can win the fight. It's plus, you know, seven fifty nine hundred on some books. Yeah, I mean, that's not that's not an atrocious bet because I think he will swing. He will, you know, attempt to throw some strikes to end the fight here. And you know, we've seen Anders buzz in the past. I don't think he's uh, he's been knocked out one time. And I think it was not even at this weight class, right? It wasn't at like two hundred five. Yeah, it was Thiago Santos at two hundred five. So. And that was a corner stoppage, short notice fight, corner stoppage. So, I mean, Anders has been pretty durable throughout his career. I don't see him having much trouble here. He should roll. Next fight is a fun fight. Vincius Oliveira taking on Bernardo Sopage. The odds for this one um, have uh, Oliveira minus 128. Sopage coming back plus 107. Um, some various lines available out there. Uh, I think you can still get Oliveira at a better line on FanDuel. It looks like right now minus 115. Um, I bet Oliveira here. I took a minus 112 to win one unit. Um, you know, I watched the footage of both these guys. I just think it's a pretty clear lean to Oliveira here. I mean, I think Oliveira has fought and beaten the better competition. He's fought in, uh, you know, more reputable promotions. Uh, the UAE Warriors is a solid promotion. He's picked up a lot of victories over there. And Sopaj fought in UAE Warriors as well, but I think he lost. Oh, no, he fought in Brave FC, which is a decent promotion. Went one and one there. 
And after he lost that fight to uh, Nuzi via decision, he went back to kind of more regional Swedish promotions, lower level promotions, and he you know he knocked out, finished multiple guys in a row there. But the Nuzi fight, I mean, it just shows that this guy Sopaj is is skilled overall. He has skill everywhere. I don't think he's bad anywhere, but I don't think he has a super high output or initiative or aggression in these fights. I think he kind of is comfortable with it being, you know a decision type of fight, a sparring fight, and that Newsy fight, he lost via split decision, and I don't blame him, because, I mean, just not a whole lot happened in that fight, um, so sure, he knocked out lower-level guys after that loss, but I think Oliveira is one of the best opponents he's fought to date, probably the best opponent, and, uh, Oliveira is a little chinny, he does tend to get wild and just throw crazy punches in the pocket, so if Sopaj, you know, bites down on the mouthpiece in the pocket and fires back a counter, he has the potential to, uh, to hurt and knock out Oliveira, but I just think Oliveira has a little more ways to win, I trust him better, and also, he's the one fighting in this full camp, right, he was the one supposed to be fighting here, his opponent pulled out, Sopaj filled in on short notice, he's never fought in America, and he had a fight scheduled in Sweden on March 9th. So you got to think he was probably in Sweden a couple days ago. Now he's got to travel all the way across the world to um, Las Vegas, fight in the U.S. for the first time, fight in the UFC Apex for the first time. Well, Oliveira has already done that. So I just think uh, a, a lot of things point to Oliveira here, and I'm down to take him at that near pick him price. I wouldn't go past, you know, minus 140 for Oliveira, though. So... Um, next one is a fight in the Bantamweight division, Javid Bashra taking on Eamon Zahabi. Odds for this one have Bashra minus 800 coming back with um, Zahabi plus 550. I mean, not too much to say here. I think Javid is going to uh, win this fight handedly. Um, Zahabi somehow has three UFC wins in a row, I think, in the underdog in all three of those. So he's been performing well. He's been over overperforming. Uh, I've been wrong picking a few of his fights, most notably the Tertius and uh, Aori fight. I was wrong on both of those there. Uh, but, you know, Bashra is just a really, really solid fighter, man. He's good everywhere, good volume on the feed. He can land takedowns. Um, and I just think that he's going to... Probably keep this fight standing and just outpoint uh, Zahabi to a decision. The decision line is obviously heavily favored, minus 165. I mean, I wouldn't knock maybe someone taking like a round two, round three knockout stab on Javid here uh, because um, Zahabi, we haven't even seen him. We saw him versus Tercios in the later rounds, but we haven't seen him late in the fight too often lately. And I think it's possible that Javid could just, you know, wear on him in terms of an athletic standpoint and just an output just pumping non-stop strikes on him but um yeah i don't know man i think this is uh a really strange matchmaking honestly um i i know that javi or that uh, zahabi has three wins in a row but uh javid you know he's on a roll man i want to see this guy fight better opponents and uh i don't find this fight too interesting and the odds reflect that you know another minus 800 favorite and i don't see a betting angle i love on that one we're moving on to the another fight in the Premier Division. Christian Leroy Duncan taking on Claudio Hibiero. Odds for this one, Duncan minus 305, Hibiero plus 255. I think the odds are right, honestly. I think Hibiero needs a knockout here, but uh, Duncan is um, the better striker. He's much quicker. I think he's probably more durable as well. We've seen Hibiero hurt. We've seen him knocked out twice in the UFC already. Kopilov and Razak both knocked him out in the second round. I could see Ribeiro maybe attempting some takedowns here, but I don't think his grappling is any good, and I think Leroy should be able to deal with it um, without much trouble. And, you know, Leroy impressed me in that last fight against Tallulah, and just nonstop onslaught of offense from distance from the clinch, just a brutal 
beating in that fight. And I think this has potential to look the same way. And I think uh, uh, Duncan's going to knock him out. Um, the odds on that one, though, I think are, are, are like minus 110 for, for Duncan KO. Let me check this one out. Um, yeah, they don't, they're not even available on FanDuel right now. I think DraftKings has them, though. Um, but, yeah, I wouldn't even take the round two, round three, because I really think it could be round one, because the, the speed difference is going to be massive here, and I just don't think Hibero is any good. So, honestly, minus 110 for Leroy Knockout, I, uh, I'll endorse it. I'll send it. It's ne never typically a good idea to pay juice on like a method of victory, like knockout like that, but it's slight juice. It's minus 110. And I think this should be target practice for Leroy Duncan here. So next fight, lightweight division, Ludovic Klein taking on short notice opponent, AJ Cunningham. Odds for this one, Klein minus 900, Cunningham plus 600. Another uninteresting fight here. You know, Cunningham does not deserve to be in the UFC. Got beat decisively by Steve Nguyen on the Contender Series. Just showed nothing good there. Just took an absolute beating the entire time. And that's why you see Klein KO, favorite, minus 165. Um, I don't know, man. I, I would say maybe play Klein uh, sub or decision or something, maybe. Just fade the KO. I think the KO, you know, obviously, it's got to be the most likely by a little bit. But Klein sub decision plus 140. You know, Klein does like to mix in takedowns a good amount, right? I don't think he has many submissions. He has eight submissions. I don't think any in the UFC. Uh, yeah, hasn't had a submission for a long, long time. Seems like his early uh, early fights were a lot of submissions, but he hasn't had many lately. Um, but I would just be looking to play that. You know, hopefully he mixes in some some takedowns and grapples here and either submits him or takes him into a decision. But that's a pretty low confidence pick for me. Um, I don't know, man. And Cunningham is probably just taking this fight just to get into the UFC. Um, and I have no faith in this guy at all. So maybe don't even take that suburb decision because I wouldn't want to be exposed to losing on this one at all with how low level of an opponent Cunningham is. Pretty worthless fight, man. I, I would honestly rather Klein just get the fight postponed and fight a few more weeks later versus a legit opponent instead of this bum. Anyway, last fight on the card, first fight on the card has lightweight division Loic Rajabov taken on uh, Al-Sawadi, uh, Abdul Karim Al-Sawadi. Odds for this one have uh, Al-Sawadi minus 178, Loic plus 153. This line opened up uh, like pretty much completely flipped. Um, Al-Sawadi was the like, plus 150 dog and it caught my eye about a month ago. I didn't bet it and, you know, was kicking myself, obviously, when I saw one day the line pretty much completely flipped to Al Sawadi favorite. And I think it's right where it's at now. I mean, Loic, um, not really a skilled striker, in my opinion. He's just mostly a wrestler. And his top game sucks. You know, he lands a lot of takedowns, but he doesn't keep his opponents down. And Al Sawadi, I think, has pretty solid takedown defense. He's a much better boxer. I think he has a really solid output, good cardio, uh, proven to win in fights via decision, has won a lot of fights via decision, um, undefeated, 5-0 and when the fights uh, go to the decision. Um, Loic, you know, on the other hand, 5-4 and four in decisions. And even the Ribovic fight, the fight that he won in the UFC by decision, very, very sketchy fight. He got dropped in the second round. And I think Loic is kind of past his prime. I mean, he's only 33, but he's been pro for 12 years now. Spent a lot of his career, you know, wasted in PFL. 
And I just don't think this guy is very good. He has been training in Philly a little bit lately, but that's still not enough of a reason for me to endorse him. He also missed weight for his last fight, got absolutely destroyed by Mateusz Rebecki. So I think that um, I would maybe look to play Al-Sawadi round two, three decision here because Loic should have energy to shoot some takedowns, possibly land some takedowns early. But I think when he's not getting those takedowns, he's going to start to slow down. Al-Sawadi going to be able to start stuffing those takedowns, just piecing them up on the field and eventually take over and win the fight in either the second or third round by finish or uh, by decision. I would probably honestly go decision um, for this one here because Al-Sawadi is not a big hitter. So I would just look to fade that round one, maybe bet Al-Sawadi three decision and then add in some round two uh, because I think that's definitely the most likely outcome here. Also look out for Al-Sawadi live bet. If Lobik starts well, lands the takedown in round one, I, I think that's going to be very short-lived success and Al-Sawadi going to take over this one late. And that's going to do it, you know, clocking in right around 28 minutes. Um, not a whole lot of interesting bets on this one for me. Uh, Ozzy will be back with us next week. Hopefully uh, all of my health issues uh, will be cleared up by then. So uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, one last apology for, you know, sounding pretty raspy throughout this podcast. But I think I broke down the fights pretty efficiently and uh, not a whole lot of bets this week either. So, you know, look out for uh, live bets as always. And if you have some bets that you're interested in that you think I missed, you know, you know, hit me up on Twitter, you know, message me, uh, send out a tweet, um, comment on the YouTube, this and that. So that's going to do it, everyone. Hope you all win some bets. Enjoy the fights. Have a nice weekend and we'll see you all next week. Peace out, everyone.